Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha. Welcome to Island Conversations. If you're on the big island of Hawaii, you can usually hear Island Conversations on Sundays on KWXX and on B97B93 Radio, and the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo. And Island Conversations is always available as a podcast wherever you get podcasts or at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. My question for today is, what exactly is 5G? Why do we need to be concerned about it? And what are the benefits it offers? So I contacted somebody who writes columns in the Honolulu Star Advertiser about technology and who recently wrote one about 5G. Here's our conversation. Aloha. We're talking today with Ryan Ozawa. I call Ryan a tech guru. Sometimes I call him a techno nerd. He's one of the smartest guys I know about understanding about technology, and that includes 5G. I know nothing about 5G. I thought it would be good to talk with Ryan. Aloha, Ryan. Oh, good to be here. And I'll take nerd. Nerd works. <laughs> Why don't you give us a sense of your background? As you know, I got to know you through working at Hawaii Public Radio because you co-hosted a show called Bite Marks Cafe. You're not doing that anymore, but give us a sense of your techno-nerd background. Well, I've just been into technology since uh, before the Internet was a thing, and specifically in online communities, and that included dial-up bulletin boards when you had to use your phone line to connect to other computers and other people's houses. And now it's uh, the World Wide Web and all the wonderful and terrible things that that has brought. Okay, so you've been involved in this a long time. What do you do now? Tell us about your engagement with data and technology right now. Well, my day job is at Hawaii Information Service, which is a multiple listing service real estate tech company for the Big Island and Kauai. And, of course, we love technology and online applications and maps in particular. And I am a open data advocate uh, for many, many years and interested in government information and transparency. So it all kind of overlaps in doing things to try to better translate information that might be technical to some people and making it more understandable to the general population. Good, and that's where you're going to come in today. You wrote a column for the Star Advertiser about 5G, and I just wanted to ask you some questions because there's some controversy on the Big Island here about 5G, mm -hmm. but most of us don't really even know what it is. So let's start with that. What is 5G? Well, 5G simply is the fifth generation of cellular technology. Uh, 1G was the first cell phones that were the size of bricks, and 2G was about where the first iPhone came in. Uh, 3G after that gave us really good internet. And 4G, which is where we are now, is uh, what we would call broadband speed by wireless technology. So your internet connection on your phone should be or could be as good or even better than what you have available at your house. So what's the difference between 4G, which we apparently have now, the fourth generation, and 5G? Well, uh, there are a few differences, but it's important to note that all of these cellular technologies pretty much operate within the same general wireless spectrum or frequency. Uh, I think 5G pushes a little bit higher than 4G did, but in terms of the architectural differences, it's really based on how 
the information is directed or managed or like uh, like traffic signals moving data around. With 5G, you have more lanes on your highway, so that means more simultaneous connections at the same time, which is very important when we're moving from a time when just our cell phones and maybe our TVs are connected to the Internet to where our cars and maybe our microwave ovens and refrigerators are connected to the Internet. And the other part of it, of course, is faster speeds. We're talking probably uh, many times faster than 4G or what people call LTE. They're saying they're looking at standards of around megabits per second speeds, which is like downloading a high-definition movie in less than a minute. That sounds impressive. Now, one of the reasons that I'm really interested in this right now is that a lot of people on the Big Island are working from home or attempting to do so. A lot of kids are learning from home or attempting to do so. So would the advent and use of 5G make that work better? Because right now, a lot of people on the Big Island don't actually have connectivity. They really can't work from home or maybe they can't learn from home. So is that going to make a difference in that capability? Absolutely. In fact, although there are a lot of conspiracy theories out there about 5G, the one that I find really fascinating is that it is during the pandemic that we're realizing how important these connectivity technologies are, whether it's remote learning or remote work. And having lived on the Big Island in the past, I remember when your only options were DSL or satellite, which was downright horrible. And now with the advent of 5G, with multiple speeds, multiple times faster than 4G LTE, whether you're on AT&T or Verizon or T-Mobile, you're going to be able to experience speeds via your phone or mobile devices that are actually faster, decidedly faster than what you can get plugged into a wire at your house. And so why do I care about that? Why do I care about faster? Well, it's certainly important when you're moving from just sending emails around to video conferencing because video is many, many times heavier in terms of data consumption than sending an email or text like that. And having multiple connections is very important because if everybody in your neighborhood is on Zoom, that would generally bog down your typical landline or wire-based connection and could actually bog down your wireless connection under 4G or LTE. Now, that's interesting because I actually have noticed that there's times of day where I get better Internet service at home, and then there's other times that are worse. And when I go on to the little, um, like, radio wave thing at the top of my computer, which tells me what Wi-Fi network I'm on, there's times of day where I can see many, many different networks that are not mine, and other times of day where I don't see so many. So what you're saying is if all those people in those networks are using their computers that could cause mine to be slower. Certainly. Wi-Fi is a little different than the networks that cellular networks are using or data networks on your phone are using. But having uh, multiple connections and multiple networks and multiple signals definitely degrades that signal quality. In fact, another of the architectural improvements that come with 5G is that it can do beamforming, which is rather than an antenna that broadcasts in every direction equally and without you know, any kind of uh, refinement, 5G allows the actual antenna to say, well, this house in the east is pulling a lot of data. I will concentrate the signal there. And there's a mountain to the west that has zero connectivity because there's nobody there, and I won't send any signals in that direction. Wow, that's kind of intelligent. How does it know that? You know, it's beamforming technology. It, it literally tries to optimize directionality rather than just going in every direction, and especially when you're talking about an urban environment with lots of buildings or reflective surfaces, it will help quite a bit. One of the things that I think I read in your column in the advertiser was that 
right now with 4G, you might have one box or antenna or connection, and there would be not another one for, let's say, a half a mile. But with 5G, you'd have more of the little boxes. Now, that is a terrible explanation for what you wrote. So do you know what I'm talking about? And if so, could you explain it in better terms? Absolutely. And in fact, what you're talking about is probably the number one reason why there's greater concern about 5G now, even though, again, the underlying technology and the frequencies involved have not changed significantly since the 90s. But because 5G is uh, going to be carrying more signals, more simultaneous signals and faster signals, it's at a higher frequency so it doesn't penetrate or go as far. So, for example, a 2G connection or even an AM radio, as you might know, can go miles from a single antenna. But when you're at the levels of frequency that a 5G would operate, uh, they don't go quite as far and they don't go into buildings. So to have adequate service in a populated area, a 5G network would require cells or towers or antennas, little boxes, basically, every few blocks instead of every few miles. So what happened certainly in neighborhoods on the Big Island and here on Oahu is we suddenly noticed our street lights with boxes on all of them, and uh, it could cause you a great deal of concern if you're not sure what they're doing right there in your uh, neighborhood. Ryan, you mentioned putting the 5G equipment on street lights. Is that actually what they're doing? It depends on the neighborhood where you're trying to get service. I definitely see them here in Mililani, a residential suburb on Oahu. I've seen them downtown. Downtown, it makes sense, and Mililani makes sense because there's central authorities that can give blanket permission to use these public or so-called public facilities to mount these antennas. But otherwise, again, they're putting them on buildings or atop uh, structures that are privately owned. What do they look like? They look like giant modems, the modem that you might have from your... Uh, internet service provider, but bigger, maybe about the size of a shoebox. Um, They may or may not have lights on them. They definitely look like modern technology, but uh, they're certainly nowhere near as big as the giant painted green multi-antenna towers you previously or currently see for a typical cellular network. Well, we have some of those that actually have fake pine tree branches. They're they're supposed to look like trees. They kind of do, and then they look like a really weird tree. Does that make 5G more dangerous than what we're doing now? I Absolutely not. I think it's hard because scientists will never say anything is an absolute. So all of the research you find will tell you that there is no finding whatsoever that there is a correlation between cellular signals of any kind, let alone 5G and things like cancer or other uh, cellular or tissue damage in humans. I mean, we are dealing with frequencies that are very far below even what you would know as UV, which, you know, is the sun, or or microwaves that cook food, or x-rays that you have to protect yourself from uh, extended exposure in the medical environment. These wavelengths are much, much lower than that, and they don't interact. They're non-ionizing. They don't interact with human tissues. But again, I think it's because of the physical proximity that causes a great deal of concern, and also, frankly, change in general, because... You know, it's it's something that you don't understand. These fears about things causing cancer have been around since televisions were invented, actually when radios were invented. In fact, the first power lines had people concerned about these things. And in all of these cases, scientists can definitely say that there's no correlation that they've been able to ensure. They will never say that it's absolutely impossible for there to be zero health risks, but that's as close as science is going to get. Well, my dermatologist continues to tell me not to go out in the sun 
yes, those are frequencies that are damaging. They affect tissue. They burn your skin. So it, you can go and uh, Google the, the frequency range where all of these go from X-rays and gamma rays, which are very dangerous, to microwaves down to where we are we're talking about here for cellular signal. And they are not nearly as dangerous, don't carry nearly as much energy. And I think it would be important to note that, again, we're working in the same range of frequencies for the most part since the first cell phone. So if there was a cell tower in your neighborhood, unless you could demonstrate to your neighbors that there were 10 times more cancer <laughs> cases there than there are anywhere else, that these are overblown concerns. Your level of exposure is higher from your microwave in your house. So if you're afraid of what a cell tower might do, then get rid of your microwave for crying out loud. I mean, there are so many technologies that we've accepted without protest, including power lines in our house, that uh, it's hard to try to close the door on it now. How would the energy that comes out of one of those shoe boxes, how would that compare, say, to microwave towers or, you know, the building I'm sitting in, we have a satellite-looking antenna kind of thing mm. that sends our radio signal out. How How is the energy comparing? I mean, am I more in danger from that? Am I more in danger from the microwave tower? or micro- Just tell us more about that. Wow, well, that's an interesting question in the sense that more dangerous would imply a clearer danger. And again, I don't believe that has ever been demonstrated through scientific study or peer-reviewed research. You'll always find the one-off result that can prove your theory otherwise, but for the most part, they're not dangerous, and that's why we use them. I would say that the towers that we're used to, the big green ones for 4G or 3G, are putting out more energy, so that might bother you more than a 5G box on a street light outside of your house. But again, because 5G is a slightly higher frequency, it doesn't penetrate as far. So uh, if you're worried about penetration, you should be more afraid of an AM radio signal. I do want to mention, you said microwave. Now, that kind of frequency is more dangerous, I suppose. You have a microwave in your house when you're talking, not quite the same, but when you're talking about a microwave tower, such as, say, those big towers at the entrance to Honoka'a on the Big Island on the Hamakua Coast, prolonged exposure to one of those towers, especially if you decided to climb up it for some reason, I would say could be more dangerous than what you're talking about with cellular towers. The only way to quantify that is to say, are there higher incidences of health concerns or health problems or cancer in the area immediately surrounding those microwave towers? And I would venture to say that you're not going to see that the case because, again, uh, history has proven, and in the case of microwaves for transmission across the Pacific, transmission has been safe for 40, 50 years. So, again, more dangerous might be true because the frequencies are higher or the energies are higher, but broadly speaking, wireless frequencies that are non-ionizing, that do not interact with human tissue, are not dangerous at all. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Today we're talking with Ryan Ozawa. He writes a column for the Honolulu Star Advertiser and is very involved with the newest in technology, and I wanted to understand what 5G is. That's what we're talking about today. Before we return to Ryan, let's hear a word from our very generous sponsor, KTA Superstores. (music) 
At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. And now back to Ryan Ozawa as we learn more about 5G. People really continue to want more powerful cell service, meaning on our island, as you well know, there are some places on the island where you can't actually get cell phone service. And a lot of people that I know in South Kona, in Puna, really all over, can't get good wireless service either. But people continue to want it. Right, and the, the reason you should be excited about 5G, in addition to the greater speed, the beam forming that doesn't point it in all directions indiscriminately, the more connections at a single time, is that you're not reliant on someone uh, investing in trenches or poles or wires to bring something to your property uh, when it's just a matter of putting towers up and they are on private property. You know, it's not, uh, it's in the network's best interest to have a good network. So they will pay landowners to put up these towers rather than trying to deal with the government being responsible for laying down this kind of infrastructure. What is the status of 5G, the next generation, being put in generally and then specifically in Hawaii and on the Big Island, if you know that? Uh, generally, it's in place in most uh, metropolitan areas. It is certainly in place around most of Oahu. I couldn't say off the top of my head how it's doing on the Big Island, but I would be surprised if it isn't already operating in some places. The challenge, of course, is that you need to have hardware that can access that 5G network, and those only recently came out this year, and they're like Samsung phones or OnePlus phones, only Android phones, basically. So if you have an iPhone, you're not in 5G just yet. Well, thank you for letting me know that. So why are we even talking? Because I have an iPhone. <laughs> well, the next iPhone, which they're supposed to announce uh, in a couple of weeks or less, is going to be their first 5G phone. And again, just like the transition from 2 to 3 to 3 to 4, <laughs> and here from 4 to 5, it'll be a little shaky. It'll be a little uh, disappointing, I would say, even for many people. But eventually it will catch up to everyone, and we are going to wonder how we survived just like how we survived with telegrams, we're going to wonder how we lived on 4G LTE. Do you have a phone that works under 5G? No, I don't. I'm one of those uh, lousy iPhone users, but uh, <laughs> um, I do have friends that have Samsung S10, I think, and they are enjoying that network here on Oahu. It should uh, be noted that different networks have different ranges that they're using between Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile. I would say, in fact, that if you are using a Samsung uh, S10 on uh, T-Mobile's network, you probably have the best experience already, and uh, you're going to be waiting a little longer for AT&T and Verizon to catch up. Okay, so the 5G networks are actually being put in by the cell phone companies. What about cable companies like Spectrum or whatever? Uh, Spectrum doesn't want to miss out on this party, but they have to partner with the companies that have the FCC licenses to operate in these uh, wireless frequencies. So even though there is such a thing as Spectrum Mobile, and you can get your mobile phone service from them, they're basically piggybacking on one of these other existing carriers. And would the same thing be true for Hawaiian Telecom? I would think so as well. I'm not, in fact, sure what their mobile um, operations are. I think it's possible that Hawaiian Telecom has a separate license, but... 
in most cases, it's a lot easier to just work with a company that specializes in wireless rather than trying to become a wireless company from a wire company. So what you're saying is, though, we actually do need to have a different cell phone to get the ability to take advantage of 5G, right? Uh, if you want to use 5G, that is true. But if you want to benefit from it, you may already, because as more phones take advantage of what is essentially a far wider range of frequencies to transmit and receive data, the hope would be that as the number of your early adopter 5G-using phones are starting to concentrate their traffic on the wider bandwidth at the higher end of the frequency, you're going to have less traffic down in the trenches in uh, 4G LTE. Oh, well, that's nice to know. So I don't have to get a new phone, and I might actually see better service anyway. That would be the hope. We shall see. What is the downside to 5G? I understand what you said, that there really is no scientific proof that there's any problem health-wise, but are there any downsides to the upgrades that are being made now to 5G? Well, I would say that people are right to be concerned about the visual impact, certainly, of small cells on light poles in their neighborhood when they only had to have perhaps one giant tower in their neighborhood before that they could probably hide behind a pine tree. I think the other issue with 5G is that because it is a different frequency, it does not penetrate walls as well or windows even. So you will probably find 5G to be of great service in your car, out and about in the neighborhood, but when you're in an inner room in your house, you might drop down to 4G because it just can't get into buildings as well as 4G. Well, that's interesting to me because the fears that I've heard people express about health, but if this won't even penetrate your house, then there should be no fear for somebody who is in their house that this somehow is going to hurt them. Yeah? It penetrates less than LTE networks and less than 3G networks and less than FM radio, which is less than AM radio. So, yeah, I mean, if uh, you're worried about radio frequencies in general, 5G is starting to move into a territory where you're less exposed to it than you were the less exacting technologies that we had for the last 20 years. Okay, now somebody told me 5G harms plants. What do you know about that? I would say look to the science, and I, as you know, uh, both at the government and independent level, research is always going on as to the impact of these electromagnetic spectrums and wavelengths on living tissue. But again, there is nothing that shows a threat, really, to whether you're human or a, a pineapple, uh, you should be okay. Again, science will never say you're 100% safe, but when you're dealing with the levels of risk that we're talking about here, you are, again, more likely to be killed by a coconut than by almost anything else that people are generally afraid of. I do stay away from being under coconut trees that look like they're totally loaded, just so you know. Absolutely. Which agency or which company or which government entity regulates communication systems such as 5G? Who decides that 5G is going to be put in? Well, um, it's a multi-layered approach, but the highest authority would be the FCC, the federal government, and then they generally work with state governments to at least make sure that their implementation meets their permit requirements, the environmental impact and things like that. But it's important to note that these networks have always been built primarily with the participation of private landowners, so it's not so much a matter of a government saying you can't broadcast at this frequency, it's just can you find a place to put your antenna that it can reach people. It's the same reason why local governments can't pass laws about flying drones, because the airspace is controlled by the FAA. You can control where you can take off and go from, but control over the airspace is purely federal, so once you found a relatively safe piece of private property where you could launch or put up a 5G antenna, um, the sky's the limit. I've kind of heard that the federal government 
just in general is encouraging the use of 5G to expand capability throughout the country. Tell us what you know about that. And I'm asking partly because, as you may know, the Hawaii County Council passed what's called a non-binding resolution that saying that they didn't want 5G in the county, I think is what it said. And I know it actually has no effect at all, but Correct. You know, who, who's, where are we with this? Is there a big push to get it in? And do we actually have it in the state a lot? I know you said Oahu has it, but in general, give us sort of a bigger picture of this. Well, the bigger picture is definitely there is a high level interest, including from the government, to advance 5G in general. It is not because of the technology or trying to support Verizon or Sprint or T-Mobile, but because greater connectivity is seen as critical to the technical future of our country. And in fact, um, when you have really widespread fear of 5G and you have actual policies that do have impact, such as in parts of Europe, and you're saying, well, we are not going to use this technology, we're not going to use these chips that unfortunately are often made in China, you are in many ways setting yourself back from the technological arms race, as they say, because you cannot take advantage of the latest technologies and the fastest speeds and the widest broadband. Um, So it is, I think, in the broad general economic interest of people to and communities to embrace 5G. There's no requirement that you use it. There's no requirement that you upgrade your phone. In fact, you don't need a cell phone and you can stick with maybe telegrams if you want to, but it is something that I think should be available to everybody and I think does improve things for communities in the long run. It's interesting when you look at businesses needing this kind of upgrade technologically because Obviously, we have been hit hard with the realization that we've always known, but now it really hit us in the face that tourism is sometimes not a sustainable economic driver, as in now. And the state continues to talk and politicians continue to talk about getting different kinds of businesses in, including high-tech businesses. So it sounds like this is the kind of thing that would be needed in the state if we really want to attract different kinds of businesses, yeah? Absolutely. I think there's two parts of it, though. I mean, certainly uh, better broadband allows for greater technological development and better technologies in homes and in businesses. So that's certainly something to embrace. But certainly Hawaii also struggles from being uh, geographically isolated and reliant on undersea physical cables to help us connect to the rest of the world. So even as our internal networks here in Hawaii get much faster with 5G, it does not necessarily mean we'll be able to connect to Washington or Japan any faster than we currently can. And it's those undersea cables that we're going to have to invest in if we really want to become more of a player in a global marketplace. The thing that a lot of people say is that because of wireless and uh, broadband technology, that anybody can work at a company anywhere in the world from Hawaii. The uh, inverse of that, unfortunately, is also true, which is people can hire anywhere in the world and not hire people in Hawaii. So it's a double-edged sword in many cases. So what you're saying is that if I have a 5G phone, that I still am going to be reliant on being able to get to websites to which I might connect via these underseas cables? When you're connecting to resources that are outside of Hawaii, yes, uh, it's not going over the air or to a satellite, in fact. It is going through these undersea cables on which we rely. It is important to note that all of the consumer services most people rely on, like Amazon or Netflix, have actual local co-located data centers in Hawaii so that they can serve the majority of the most popular content very quickly to people in Hawaii. 
but certainly if you're looking to connect to a nuclear particle accelerator in Japan because you do research on that, or you want to connect specifically to a website in Connecticut, your 5G isn't going to make it any faster than it is now to some extent, except for any way it might have been slow between your phone and the local network. So you mentioned that Amazon and Netflix have data centers. Is that what it's called here? Sure. I would say that they co-locate data centers in Hawaii. So they basically keep some of their content here so that except when you're trying to look for something that nobody else is looking for, they can serve it to you. So you're like, so, okay, everybody's going to be watching Cobra Kai on Netflix. So Netflix puts all of Cobra Kai on a machine in Hawaii so that when we want to watch Cobra Kai, it's instant and fast because it's here. If you wanted to watch underwater basket weaving in China, it won't be as fast. Are there other entities besides Amazon and Netflix that do this here in Hawaii? I'm just curious about that. I don't have a complete list, but we have what are called Internet Exchanges in Hawaii. DR Fortress is one of the larger ones. Not only do they cross-connect all of the local carriers to each other, so you can better call someone from a different cell network, but they do co-locate servers for a lot of these content companies because they know that everybody wants to watch a particular TV show or a movie like Mulan, there's going to be copies of it here in Hawaii, so it's extremely reliably, rather than trying to get copies of Mulan to stream from Washington or uh, California. That is so cool. Ryan, you are just a wealth of information. What else have I not asked you about 5G that would be important for people to understand? I think you covered all of the important questions. I think that it's just hard to basically, because I won't even say that there are zero health risks. (laughs) (laughs) Because who knows? You never know. Over a 100-year research project, you might find that there is a 0.6% increase in brain cancer. But everything we've observed to date over 30 years says no. But that's how science is. You just got to keep testing. Well, very good. Well, if I have more questions, I will give you a call. Ryan Ozawa, you have been so helpful because at least now I know that 5G means fifth generation. (laughs) Right, right. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Ryan. Aloha. And to our listeners, thank you so much for being with us. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Until next time, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.